Hey guys, and welcome to SAA Guide Talk. I'm your host and SAA Guide, Mitch Carter, and to my left here, Paul Kishlevsky, and to my right, Ethan Hallfield. Guys, this is our, what free talk are we on? What day is it? It is the 28th of September. It is currently 745 at night. Um, it's dark. It's cold. Um, all of our guys are pretty beat today. Um, all three of us just got back from the French. Uh, tough day fishing on the French. Not going to lie. I know I personally cycled through about eight or nine different baits today. Um, all three of us had to row in a pretty nasty headwind. Uh, Paul and Ethan had a longer stretch to run today than I did. And also on top of that, they had to drive basically three and a half hours through Asheville traffic tonight. <laughs> so yeah, they literally just got back like maybe eight minutes ago or so. Um, and we're all just kind of sitting here chilling and talking about our day and, and talking about all the, all the crazy goings on. And, um, I'm on my second cup of coffee right now. I never drink coffee in the evening, but I'm on my second cup of coffee. Just trying to keep this thing going. I had a nice little buddy heater going on here in the shop before everybody got here. As soon as Paul you and Ethan it, walk through the door. For us, man. We yeah. And it. as soon as yeah. Paul and Ethan walk through the door, of course it just dies. So that's kind of how <laughs> our days went. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I can say, uh, for me personally, um, even though today was pretty hard, I was glad to have this day of work. Uh, wish I was working tomorrow too, um, because we are about to get hit with Hurricane Ian. Um, I know that I've personally Friday, I thought I was going to be able to get away with Friday. My gentleman I had ended up wanting to just uh, go ahead and reschedule that trip. Of course, my Saturday cancel still waiting here back on Sunday. Sunday is probably going to be a cancel or reschedule as well. Um, and usually when these big hurricanes come in, and we're really we're due for one this year uh, because Hurricane Fred was last August, and we haven't had a, a good, just a big storm like that really all year long. Um, and, uh, like I say, we're, we're long overdue for it. A little late for a hurricane. I mean, technically it is still hurricane season, but usually what we see typically this time or, uh, you know, in any given season, hurricanes hit usually around August, September, you know, some, or really wherever hurricane season hits anywhere else, I yeah. guess you could say, but, um, this one seems a little late maybe. Um, and right now we're experiencing some pretty cool weather. I know this morning was wicked cold probably the coldest day i've had easily since spring uh low of like when i woke up this morning got in the truck it was like 37 degrees mm -hmm. so that's the coldest any of us have seen in months um and it was one of those weird days where the water temp was still kind of warm from the from the summer and all the sun and all that and the air temp was just flipping breezing fog was all over the river Fish were eating super weird. Uh, we still got it done, still had some success, just uh, a much tougher day, and we're all kind of beat from it. I've you still say, got fellas. my beanie on, my AFCO Reaper hoodie. Yeah, fall. My bibs you on. You never took right. that off. <laughs> yeah. And I never took it off all never day took long. It off So all basically, day. from October <laughs> so 1st, glad. basically from October 1st until like May 13th, you're not going to catch Paul on anything except for the, the SAA beanie, AFCO Reaper hoodie, and his uh, Cabela's bibs. Yep. Yep. He lives in living. Yeah, yeah. Until, like, April. It's the move. <laughs> Paul never knows when he's going to go fish. He probably just sleeps in them, probably showers in them. 
that's how they get clean, man. Yeah, that's the only way to do it, dude. I actually had to break down and wash my waders the other day. Really bad. Yeah. So usually I just spray like Stink. I usually just spray like scent away on them. You know, because that's the trick. By the mm-hmm. way, pro tip. And I didn't know this actually until Ethan taught it to me. But mm-hmm. if you are a hunter, and even if you are not, you probably have a bottle of a spray bottle of scent away right mm-hmm. you know kill your scent before you go out on a hunt that stuff works wonders on the inside of your waders yes, but it sometimes it doesn't and sometimes you have to throw them in the washing machine and then let them dry out <laughs> by the way always wash your waders in super cold water never put them in the dryer so pro tip nice. pro tip i don't think pro i've tip. ever washed my waders ever Oh yeah, well, <laughs> dude, I I just said, <laughs> dude, but they okay. don't smell. Yeah, just get that clear. Yeah, they don't smell, <laughs> and if they do start smelling okay, really bad, then I'll just okay. buy a new pair. Well, okay, bro. Yeah, it's it's like those. Okay, yeah, uh, I hear you. It's like those. It's like those commercials, the Febreze commercials, the the nose blind. Eventually, you go nose blind. Yeah, you know you what really I mean. Do. And then, like all of a sudden, you know, like I haven't touched my waders for you know all summer long. It's been like since mid May since I touched my waders, right? And then, you know, I get them. I went to put them on for the first time. Like, you know, I think first time I put them on was actually the middle of last month because we had a few really chilly mornings up there, and I was up on, you know, Brook Trout Stream doing some some small creek fishing, really cool up in there that time of year. Even then, and I had my waders on, and I put them on, and I was like. Oof. <laughs> Maybe it's because you're waiting around that swamp doing that traffic. Oh, yeah. Up. Yeah, I uh, forgot about well, that. that yeah. Have no, I forgot to mention that little tidbit. Yeah, so <laughs> the swamp totally had something to do with it. Yeah, so <laughs> we were during our trash pickup with uh, with Crane. Um, I was kind of digging around in the swamp for some tires, and everybody thought I was crazy because I was like almost – well, yeah, basically you chest deep. Chest deep in the swamp. In swamp water and just nastiness. And I, I thought just like a quick dip in the Catawba would wash it off because my thought process was like, oh, this mud's still fresh. Like, it'll just slide right off of there. Like, these are waders, whatever. But the thing about the Sims G3s is Paul had – well, Ethan, you've had G3s too. Mm-hmm. But the material that they're made out of, they kind of stain – and like it keeps stuff out, but you know what I'm saying? Like they mm-hmm. they stain easier than any waders I think I've ever they had. Do. And I yeah. love them; they're Especially my favorite the light gray ones. Yeah. Yes. And I've got the dark ones, um, <clears throat> like the charcoal gray or the dark gray, whatever they call it. But I've got the gray ones, and the gray ones just stain. Like stuff just kind of stays in them. Um, like it it finds its way out eventually, but it's weird because like. Yeah. But I had that mud, just like that tan mud for the listeners all up and down my waders and paul's actually got a video of me taking a dip in the catawba that. yeah he's got a pic- video of me taking a dip in the catawba after that trash pickup just like rubbing waters trying to get it off didn't help at all still stunk like nasty swamp mud and then um, well you did get like seven tires out of there so kudos to you for that dude i got a lot of tires out of there and they probably yeah, been there for years a lot so. Well, a lot that we kind of left up on the bank that we just simply... Well, no, we got them pretty much all out, didn't we? There was only a couple left that we couldn't get to. Yeah, a couple left that I just couldn't get to. But I got everything. The before and after uh, with that little... uh, Of that little swamp area there. Like, the before picture and the after picture is so different. Because that place was just trashed like crazy mm-hmm. um but yeah i was i made it my my personal mission to just be the guy who gets in the swamp so basically to describe the landscape to you guys is 
um, when we did the the big pickup with Crane, um, there was a swamp that was probably what I don't know, forty yards long. Yeah, it was like a wetland area, kind of like an offshoot yeah. of Catawba. Yeah, and then like right in the middle of it was just probably about, uh, probably about just eight feet of just straight mud, like watery, soupy, nasty mud, and there was these tires. And it was kind of like in this, I mean, it's just a hole, right? It's just a swamp hole, literally just a, like a, like a ditch culvert type. I wouldn't say a culvert, but it's just like a big, just a big valley, like a big swamp, just an indentation in the land where the swamp was. And there was just tires all up and down that swamp. And I made it my mission to, to get all those tires out and let everybody else pick up all the little trash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you did a good job. I got flipping just so dirty. Like, nasty. Like, because yeah. I started out, I was like, I'm going to wear my waders so I can get these tires out of the swamp. Okay, great, cool. So, I'm wading through the swamp, right? And I have mud up to my knees. That's expected. And it's like nasty, just thick, cake, like ice creamy consistency mud. And then I start getting uh, a little bit deeper. I stepped in a hole and started sinking a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay. So, there's that. Um, and then I start getting a little bit deeper, starts getting up past my knees, up to my waist. I'm like, well, now I'm really, really in deep. And then while I was flipping one of those tires around, I I flipped it and then splashed like a bunch of mud, like all over my face, like all over my arms, all over my shirt. (laughs) And I just made a huge mess at that point. So at that point I was like, all right, I'm in it. We're going in. This is going to be super gross, but we're going to get it done. And I had to ride home in Ethan's truck and I was pretty ripe. From the swamp, because swamp stinks. You do good. Talking about swamps, let's, should we talk about our trips today? <laughs> what does that have to do with the swamp? <laughs> the swamp of the French. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a swamp today. Yeah. Um, we were swamped by waves all day and wind. <laughs> and swamped everything by else. Wind, honestly, dude. Yeah. So let's see. I, I would say that my part of it was you very, pull- very interesting. It was one of the craziest days I've ever had out there, personally. Yeah, but. and let me let me thank thank Jordan Herring for coming out and Knowledge Perk Coffee for sponsoring the trip. Yes, you're yeah. the man, Jordan. Yep, you, you stuck it out and got it done, buddy. Um, yeah, like Mitch was saying, it was a it was not an easy day today. Um, the wind picked up to what would you say, like twenty mile per hour it wind had, gusts at it least. Had to be twenty. Yeah, I mean, there was, it was it white was capping out there yeah. at some points. And those fish were in a mood today where if, if they were eating stuff, it was a really light bite. Um, and the it first, was just completely random. Yes. It was all kind of random. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least a little later half of the day for me, but I'll mm-hmm. get to that in a second. So the first fish that we caught, we're going down through there and get to this spot. That's kind of a, it's a really shallow flat for like what, 200 yards. And then it drops off in a bend and gets pretty deep right there. And I told the guys, I was like, all right, you know, we're going to work this kind of drop off right here. And this is where they should be staging at right now, right? This should be out of the shallow stuff. We're going to be kind of mm-hmm. down this deeper stuff. Second cast in there, dude, I kid you not, hooks and we land about an 18 inch long rainbow trout of all things, which is not, I wouldn't say it's not the first time it's happened. But that is the weirdest place for one to be. Yes. So there like, are trout that will swim into the main stem of the French Broad once the water temperatures start dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, last spring, I had a lady catch one that was like, what, pushing 20 inches or so. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that was like the second or third one we caught that day. Dude, I had a wild there. one try to eat a chatterbait right there. And 
<clears throat> past Long Shoals that day. Remember me telling you about that? Yeah, I do. Huge, big I'd say old wild brown. Every year I catch, historically I'll catch no more than five a year. Yeah, so they're it's usually they're, like two or three. It's really yeah. rare and kind of random and, to be honest with you. Yeah, kind of like um, the Noli. And but past Longshore's Road, that's typical. That's where, the, for some reason, yeah. those wild browns are. And it's usually Why? October so or March. So yeah. weird. Yeah. So we got the fish unhooked real easy and, and let her go. And, um, it was like a holdover stalker, I think. I don't think it was a wild one, but um, then yeah, a few casts good. later, we hooked a smallmouth and then it it shook off. It was a quick release, about halfway out from the boat. And that was the last bite for a while for any of us until we get down to another bend in a really deep spot. I'm telling this fella, all right, you know, just keep casting over here on the right-hand side of the bank. It's really deep right there. There's a steep drop-off. And then out of nowhere, well, let me preface with this. The guy, he goes, I think I'm hung on something. Uh, yes. And I see the line swimming towards the boat, but it's mm. not like a smallmouth like how a bass does, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of really slow, like, kind of weird <laughs> movement. And I was like, maybe it's a stick. I don't know. And I was like, well, just keep tied with it there for a second. And all of, out of nowhere, and this is like a medium light rod, six-pound test line. That drag <laughs> on the reel just goes, and just starts taking off. Paul, that sounded so crazy in the headphones just then. <laughs> I'm sure it probably did. That was awesome. Sorry, sorry, you're about listeners. I need, but, to, I need to sound clip that anyway. But anyway, you know, <laughs> so we were, um, the drag starts screaming, the noise I was trying to imitate. And, and Paul's like, I don't know, 40 yards downriver from me. I don't think he knows what's going on. His people are out there fishing, doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And the guy's rod just doubled over and just taking off out towards the middle <laughs> of the river. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not a smallmouth. Like that, if that's a smallmouth, that's like a state record smallmouth. If it's a smallmouth, that's usually when you know it's going to be something weird. And so I was yeah. thinking in my head, okay, it's either a musky, or we snagged a carp, or yeah. flathead, or, or not flathead, flathead channel cat. Yes, like what I caught out there the other yeah, day. Yeah, we did actually have a kid out there catch yeah. a channel cat. Yeah, when me and Ethan were out there the other day, caught a <clears throat> giant, a channel giant cat. channel cat. And it was another one of those things where if it was a smallmouth, it was going to be like the biggest smallmouth any of us had ever seen. Like, And you, that's when you know it's a little bit too good to be true. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you have that initial hoping. hope. Though. Yeah, you have that initial hope. hope. You're like, whoa, that's awesome. But like when I saw that line just kind of start carrying away, I was like, oh, it's about to be a big cat or a big daggum yeah. carp or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, how long have you said we fought that for? Like. I saw you guys fighting it, and I and I told Jordan's girlfriend the same thing. Carper musky, and <laughs> it was Carper musky. Uh, so when I back rode, I'd say it was probably close to five minutes. Yeah, because yeah. I was having to chase it at one point. Yeah, and it was running around all over the place. We could not. I was having to, you know, help the guy with his drag loosening and tightening, loosening and tightening it because we couldn't get any control of the fish. And I was like, well, I at least want to see it. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm see what it is yeah because the spot we were fishing out it's like what 10 feet yeah deep deep bend yeah and so are you talking about which which bend are you talking about about? the campground oh okay so slow stretch oh i follow you all right cool so it's right there and then finally it shows itself and the carp actually ate the bait was the crazy thing like dude legitimately ate it we have been on a trend of bottom feeding fish smashing crankbaits here recently let me just tell you (laughs) 
I don't know it, how or why, but it somehow ate it. Somehow those hooks didn't bend out. It was hooked on one prong of a treble hook, which if, if you're not a believer in must-add triple grips, that should make you a believer in them. That's a believer. That carp had to be pushing mm-hmm. 20 pounds. And we landed it um, by some miracle on six-pound test line, a medium-light rod. Um, big old boy. Suffix Elite. And Suffix Elite, yep, six-pound test mono. That's If you're not a believer in that either, that'll make you a believer in it as hard That's as that fish is running. Mm-hmm. Um, so, huge carp. It was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. So excited. Like, <laughs> I know. It's just like, I thought it was cool. Ethan loves him a big old sucker fish. Golly. Everyone was so disgusted other than Ethan. I know. Cause I they, have a big grin on my face. Yeah, you know, so and like, everyone else is kind of like, what so is that? Ethan's kind of notorious for loving to catch, liking to catch sucker fish. Does he necessarily target sucker fish? No, they target him. And yes. that's just kind of how it works. Somehow, so, even if I'm like on, a, on a day off, Mm-hmm. When yeah, I was, I was just about off. to say this. Mm-hmm. Like when we flowed um, last spring, and you know we got down to that run. And I was kind of hopping that tube on the bottom, and then out of nowhere, channel cat giant another, another giant channel cat comes up. So there's that. Um, oh yeah, it, uh, yeah yeah yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, gosh, that thing was a hoss. I don't think we, we ever got it in the net. I think, nah, you threw I just, but we saw know. the fish though. It was a big one it was bigger than the channel cat i caught the other day probably yeah. the biggest one i've seen out there yeah, yeah. it was, it was huge cool. the one i had was probably with that that at least caught. 10 pounds about 10, 10 pounds yeah. yeah easy i felt it in the net it was probably i'd say it was closer to eight because it, it was it was actually not as long as it looked really in the water yeah and when you got it in the net i'd say it was probably a good i'd say six or eight i don't think it'd be quite 10 you sure i don't know maybe a bad bad at math. overestimate but it's fine yeah I'm a yeah. fishing guy. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's my job yeah. description to overestimate. Uh-huh. Yeah, but so. we've had a really weird trend of of like, I mean, catfish are still predatory, but like not like su- weird fish, like sucker fish, carp, and catfish just slamming crankbaits. I mean, like not snagging them. I mean, straight up like T bone eating the crap out of crankbaits. Because me and Ethan, remember this. Paul, we were out on the French, or not the French, we were out on the Noli the other day in his new flycraft, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, we were out on the Noli the other day in his flycraft. We were there past the, we were there in wooden boat hole, just fishing. And it was like the, you know, Ethan, weirdest day to fish a crankbait, but we're going to do it anyway. It was low right. and clear on the Nola Chucky, still warm outside. Ethan's like, crankbait time. <laughs> So <laughs> Why uh, I was fishing a tube because, you know, me, once I find a bait, I like to commit and just fish it all day long. But um, I was fishing tube and Ethan's just fishing this crankbait and all of a sudden, same thing. And I was like, whoa, big smallmouth, big smallmouth. And Ethan just, he could tell really quick. He was like, yeah, that's not a smallmouth. And I was like, well, if it is, it's a, it's a big one. And then we saw, finally saw that thing crest rock. It was like a daggum. How big was that thing? Like a, a, a 24, 26-inch red horse? Yeah, something like that. Huge red horse. Like, it's got to be. It's, I know exactly because you think about what Shelton, how, how Shelton fishes in May mm-hmm. when it's low. Yeah. Start catching them all. It's because it's so dang low. Yeah, that's, probably. That's all it's yeah. got to be. Yeah. Probably. Low There's and, a pattern But there. I never yeah. seen it last fall. Out there last fall? On the French? No, on Shelton. On Shelton? Oh, and it was super low? When yeah. it was super low last year. Well, like, those suckers are always eating in May, though. Like, they're always there know. in the spring, yeah. But I had a trip but out there. Right. We caught I mean, four or five big red horse on nymph rigs. <laughs> um, 
and they were all in like the same spot and i was like all right we're gonna move now but yeah they eat so weird it's strange yeah. but i just don't remember catching that many suckers or catfish in in september i never have year. i never yeah. have either. i never have Usually but what's catch weird, them in march or april and we spent so boats. much time talking about catching stupid sucker fish <laughs> listeners yeah. are probably like what the heck is going on but no it's just i was just saying bringing it more to the point like it was so weird how good they're eating just moving baits you know what I mean? Because, like, yeah, if you're fly fishing, you'll catch them on nymphs, right? Probably, mm-hmm. Usually, you'll run into a couple on nymphs. And if you're, you know, I've even if you're fishing, like, Ned Rigs or tubes or something like that, you can sometimes get one to eat a Ned Rig or a tube, right? But, I mean, straight up coming out of nowhere to chase and eat a moving crankbait in current, it's like, how often do you see them do that? You know, it's just kind of weird. Yeah. So, but, um, but... Yeah, so that was an interesting part of the day. Yeah. And that was the first for me to that but like I said, I thought it was cool. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um so we're floating down <laughs> through there and the sun's out. It's about, I don't know, one o'clock, I I guess, give or take, after we ate lunch and all that. The mm-hmm. wind finally dies down a little bit and we finally start running into consistent fish after that point. Or at least they were more consistent with a have been. More yeah. Um they're still kind of scattered and random. Some of them weren't really quite where they were supposed to be this time of year, to be honest with you. Like, um, I had one fish where I was, I said there, I said cast over there. That you know, it was a hole. It should be there. And they and caught it that was fish. There, one right? fish. I had every one other, fish too. Every other fish was just scattered. Yeah, that's how. So, like, yeah. smallmouth are kind of notorious for when you get these weird weather patterns. Like, you know, in the time of this podcast recording, we got Hurricane Ian coming in, mm-hmm. um, pushing all that wind up here. And I think it's just got them kind of scattered right now. They don't, they're not really sure what they're, what they're supposed What's to do. What's going to come. Right? Yeah. So, but anyway, um, Jordan, he catches a really nice one, um, kind of on this, I wouldn't call it a random spot. It's a spot I've caught them in before, but it, it's not where they should be right now. And caught a really nice one there. It's about two and a half pounder. Really pretty fish with a good spot pattern on it. And his girlfriend, later down the line, Caught a beautiful at the end of the day, right, right at the tail end. Beautiful nineteen-inch smallmouth. That was, it was, it was crazy because she, um, she casts in there, and poor Jordan's hung up on a rock on the bank, like first shot in there, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hanging that tight there for a second, trying to get this bait out because I don't want to blow up that spot. And she casts in there, kind of in the middle, and the first thing she says is, "I'm hung." And I've learned in my guiding career that when someone says they're hung on a smallmouth yeah. trip, you hesitate for a second yeah. because mm-hmm. in this case, the line starts shooting up through the water column and I see this big old head come up and whoosh, 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 bam, and hits the water. And that fish was barely skin hooked when we got her in. I mean, just barely at the corner of her mouth. That's like how it always is with big fish. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're always just barely. Yep. And I think it's because, you know, a lot of folks that we take out who aren't really that used to bass fishing, mm-hmm. like they don't always know when the, a subtle bite is there, right? Like we've got to the point now where we can be like, oh, pick, pick, that was one, right? Or feel mm-hmm. like a soft bite and be like, oh, that was one. But the thing about a big fish, and especially if they're kind of short strike and I'm not really hitting them like they're supposed to on a weird day like today is even if you got one that is big, it's going to be that spongy eat, right? Because even, you know, smallmouth have small mouths. A lot of the eats you're going to be able to feel pretty pretty good. You know what I mean? They're not. You're not going to feel a whole lot of just spongy, you know, stops with that rod. Um, 
But especially on one that big, because one that's 19 inches is probably what, like, what was that, like four, five? How big would probably you say? Three or three, two, close to three. Wouldn't you yeah, say? it was kind of slender. Yeah, yeah, that one that one was pretty slender. Yeah, so I'd say it was yeah, pushing like three picture. and a half or so. But I mean, even then, you know, yeah. they've got mouths that are so big at that point that if you're fishing just whatever crankbait, you know, you're probably not if you're not used to feeling that, not used to not knowing what to look for. They're gonna yeah. And sometimes even with treble hooks, you know, or he could have just barely came up it, and you know how they nip at it. Mm-hmm. Could have been just nipping, and she might have just got it right there on the nip. But it's so funny because always with big fish. I've had so many times on guide trips, you get a big fish in, and there's only one little treble hook stuck in the side treble of that thing's mouth. Treble hooks are just mouth. the worst. It's like... I mean, you always lose fish on treble hooks. I probably yeah. lose more on treble hooks than anything, man. You do. You lose yeah. way more fish on treble hooks than yeah. a single hook. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'd agree with that, too. I'd rather have a extent. big old single hook any day, honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, unless you get one that just absolutely jams some treble hooks, like... Yeah. You know, and like with a crankbait doing a sweep set, there's only so many treble hooks that it's almost kind of a crapshoot, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And if that, like, my biggest fear, and I had this happen to me twice on my trip today, my biggest fear always with treble hooks, whatever I'm fishing, is for that fish to get up in the air and jump and throw your hooks. Because yeah. I tell this to people all the time, fly fishing, smallmouth fishing, whatever, do the best you can to keep that fish in the water. Yeah. And, you know, wild trout and, you know, well, even dink smallmouth. Smallmouth jump. I mean, they just jump. And... You know, there's only so much you can do when they jump because when they jump, your line goes slack, they're in the air, and you know game the rest over. of it. Yeah, it can be game over. Yep. I mean, a lot of times, every time one jumps, every time I see that line moving, you know, how it'll just shoot up towards the surface, my heart drops. I'm like, no, 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 no. And that happened to me twice today. I ended up being on the not good side of things. And it was. <laughs> this fish <laughs> jumped about five times total. <sighs> And I never saw how it was hooked until uh, I got yeah. it up to the boat. Golly, that's I mean, probably you, why I only had one of I think Yeah, I was way times. down there. Yeah. It, I didn't even see it jump. Mm-hmm. I like, saw you with the net. Mm-hmm. Well, I pushed that hook out. I mean, it just boop, popped out just real easy. Like, no effort. <laughs> but one more jump. One more jump. More it jump. Been done with. Done. And it, it was digging under the Hard boat. Run. You know, like big small mouth. Mm-hmm. They dig under the boat. It was a... It's a crazy fight, but props to her for, for getting it in because that was not an easy fish. And plus with the wind, the wind was also pushing us into the bank. So, you know, the closer <laughs> we were getting to the bank, there was less room for that fish to move. That sounds kind of awesome. That sounds like a good time. Right I wish there. I had a video of it because it was pretty sweet. I know. Uh, I told you. It would be a pretty epic. That's a pretty epic God moment right there. It I is. Think. <laughs> um, so so props, props to her yeah. and, and Jordan both. They did great on both those fish. Because that other one that Jordan caught was also – a really hard fighter um but that was kind of my my day out there it was yeah. very interesting to say the least you had the coolest we moment one fish away from a ultimate grand slam so we got the trout the carp smallmouth we had somehow hooked and landed a muskie and it would have been the <laughs> ultimate grand slam but that smallmouth at the end that's swiped mine mm-hmm. it was a giant one too mm. i thought it was a musky because it was like that long <sighs> it was it was a big it was just i mean it was about as long as yours yeah. and it was true 19 inch we got her on the on the bump board there on the on the raft and we it, need one of those on the other raft too yep. I know. i'd love to have one of those on the she was raft. she was right there right at 19 so really yeah. healthy pretty fish that's awesome got a couple good pictures of her and released her and she's yeah it was awesome it was yeah. really cool that's so that's cool. Yeah, and it was uh it was kind of random out there the other day, but wasn't quite as windy. No. When me and Ethan were out there and um 
like I say, that wind. There's something about that wind Here's on the fringe. One thing that I saw today, and I meant to mention it to you, is I saw three times I saw a shad jump, but it was just one shad in a pocket mm-hmm. that we anchored in. Mm-hmm. One shad jumped out. I mean, it wasn't there, you know, but I actually did see one feet on like a little gnat or a midge or something mm-hmm. little yeah. shad jumped up but these guys were streamlined jumping about a foot like they were getting chased like they were getting chased, like were getting yeah. chased. right and one time we did cast too. and we caught one that way interesting but it was let's like i guess the wind probably just pushed out you know some bait and yeah smallmouth were chasing them well yeah. you know what's funny that you mentioned that so one of the oldest tricks in the bass fishing world is when the wind's blowing you fish the windy side of like a point or you know riprap or whatever well that spot that we caught that the first good one at that had wind blowing into it kind of if that makes sense and that's what kind of my thought process was that's why i threw there initially because i was watching the trees and i was watching the wind blow and the current pushing up water against this rock Mm -hmm. and Lori's big fish uh no jordan's Oh, uh, Jordan. Yep. Fish. That's why I threw there, to be quite honest with you. Nice. Because I, I was looking at that, and I was watching the wind push into it, and I was like, let's just try it and see what happens. Yeah. Sure enough, it worked. So, something to think about, That's I guess, awesome, for the future. Dude. But, um, I don't know. Like like I said, it was a total shot in the dark initially. Like, dude, everything to, everything about today was a shot in the dark. Though. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously. I, I mean, because you're like, it's just one of those days you had to pull You couldn't cast something. accurately. And the water yeah. was so low. And generally when the water's low, like me and Paul were talking about, you, you generally want to stay back off of a pretty firm mm-hmm. piece, right? And we couldn't do that today. There was you no could way. Not, yeah, you can't. could not do that. And then I was thinking about, it was it's high pressure today. Was it, it not? Yes. Like, Where I, I was at like on the silver line, really there was high. three, or are you talking about weather? Yeah, I'm yes. talking about weather. Uh, I so like about in boats. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, another another conversation. But yeah. with it being high sun, high, high wind, pressure, high wind, mm-hmm. high wind. Yeah, that pressure was it's like right before storm, but it wasn't low pressure at all. Like, yeah, no clouds. I feel like when it all settles down, then they'll feed real heavy right before yes. the rain. So, yeah. and and here's my prediction too is that after this big rain, if it does come, like they're calling for it too, which is it's coming yeah my gut says it's coming but you know up here it's always kind of a crapshoot whether it does as much as they say it will or not with that said um i think what'll happen it's my prediction anyway is that once all that water kind of settles out everything kind of goes back to a normal flow rate then they'll start getting more and more consistent um mm-hmm. sure yeah yeah once that i think this hurricane is going to be a really good um like bookend for the end of summer and the start of fall yep and that's good way to put it yeah like that's usually what does it you have one big crazy storm that just pushes all the warmth and all the summertime and all that stuff out of the way and then usually if you get one this late in the year all the fall weather just kind of settles into stay and Mm -hmm. then you start getting on a more consistent pattern and be like okay now the fish are staying consistent for the fall yeah whereas Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of times in september and really a lot of times in the spring too well i wouldn't say a lot of times but sometimes in the fall and sometimes in the spring where you just have these weird transitional days and it's not quite spring it's not quite summer it's not quite summer it's not quite fall like it's just 
so many things going on at once and the fish get weird when that when that happens right. i mean that's that, just small yeah. mouth i think that's a good point kind of yeah. like what i was saying we were on the phone earlier mm-hmm. it has been like an extension of summer until the last couple of days yeah it's just with the high sun high pressure right deal. yeah but now it's been and it should fish a whole lot better it should have been fishing with you know swim baits consistent crankbait that's patterns. what i caught my first fish on today well that's, that's what, what i did too and i, I was like i was like all right swim baits fish. let's freaking go because it was a nice fish it's like two pounder it's like all it right sweet just be easy and i was like okay easy bam swim bait swim bait and then for like another hour nothing. hour and a half nothing same thing nothing. with the crankbait too it then all of a sudden it didn't boom. matter what it was today it didn't matter no. red crawl crankbait had to Lost find a fish that was willing to eat it yeah and react that's, to all it. It that's all it was yeah yep it was um, all about reaction today, and I, I was, you know, flipping a tube around for a little bit. Did you catch any doing that? And no, golly, Man. I wish I could have flipped anything around no. with a, but I knew I was going to get hung. And well, that would have been if it was. Well, for that the was wind, a problem. Would have been what because, I would have done. Yes. Exactly. Well, that's why I tried it. Right. I pulled a jig out of my box and set it aside because I was going to tie it on. Yeah. And I just never there. did. Yeah. And, well, I had them ready to rock and roll too, and yeah. but as soon as that wind picked up. There's well, there no way you could feel it. Like that was the problem because it. because they were making good shots with the tube and they were actually fishing it pretty good for the most part, even in the wind. And well, it wasn't windy right when I tied them on. Ah, okay. And then we had a big gust come through, and of course the lines, you know, big old D loop, and they're sitting there trying to you know jig it, and it's just not not gonna work. And so I was like, all right, no, tubes yeah. are done. Of course, you know, I tried to fish them through the wind a little bit and just kind of power through it because I was like got to be something on a tube in here like got to be tube ned rig something we're gonna find out and then that wind just got way too crazy and i was like all right we're doing more harm than good here like let's just try to get some reaction bites because they were not i mean because they were getting the tubes hung up you know because they couldn't control them in the wind and i can't blame them i do the same daggum thing we all do like and especially in current, you know, current's going one way, wind's blowing 20 miles an hour the other way. You're trying to control a <laughs> a, a tube or a jig or something like well, that. Shoot, I've seen like, you know, like on an eighth ounce, let's say you got like a tube on like an eighth ounce jig head, right? Mm-hmm. I've tried fishing in wind like that before, and I've watched the wind just like blow the tube. Like, It'll blow up, it up like, through the water to column. the top of the water column. Yeah, and so it's like completely defeats the purpose. Yeah, and I was exactly. using like, I was pretty heavy. I was using like, I think I was using like three eighths. Which still, I it's mean, pretty heavy for heavy low water. water. Pretty heavy yeah. for low water, but I was trying to fight the wind and get yeah. it down. And even then, like it's still just, just whoop right yeah, up to the water well. column. And just and I was I tried that for a little bit, and I was like, all right, that's just not gonna work. And I wish it would have, because if that if that wind wasn't a, oh, yeah. I know I keep we saying just, if that wind, if that wind, but if that wind wouldn't have been fishermen blown. love to complain yeah. about something. Yes, yeah. Today There's was the always wind. an excuse. <laughs> Next yeah. week it'll be the cold. Yeah, next week it'll be the cold. Oh, the hurricane. They're acting weird after the hurricane. Yeah, yeah man, the hurricane really messed things yeah, up. Hurricane tell you what, boy. really messed things up. Yeah. <laughs> after me saying but, it's going to make it good. So. Yeah, I know. That's how it always It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And then afterwards, it's always an excuse. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's like how in yeah. the summertime, you know, it gets to like August. And we're like, man, I can't wait for cold weather. Like, sit there with my cup of coffee. And my beanie outside. It's going to be great. Right, yeah. And then that happens, and you're like, man, I wish it was summer Yeah, it again. gets here. <laughs> this yeah, cold's it, got them acting weird now. Yeah, it gets here, and it, you're, blow, you're rowing a headwind on the French, and you still have, like, five miles to go. <laughs> it's, like, 1030 in the morning. feels like it's two. Dude, Hands was, are chapped. Freaking. I'm, right. I'm windburned. You probably have to pee. Like. <laughs> I, I, 
Yeah, I put chapstick <laughs> on like six times a day from that wind. Dude, yeah. I'd, you're lucky I didn't have any. I've never been a chapstick guy. <laughs> I've never been a chapstick really? guy. Really? Really? I can't go without Dude, it. Dude, I can't do starting it. right I now. I can't have something like that on my lips. I can't. It Dude, drives me absolutely That's a lifesaver. Do you just wear lipstick then? No. <laughs> no. I said I don't like to have anything on my lips, man. Come on, bro. Well, sorry, no. I didn't hear you. What's funny, one more thing about the wind. <laughs> Sorry, didn't hear you. Yeah, just sorry, didn't hear you. Okay, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) So what was funny is um, I was trying to retie a different color crankbait on, and the wind was blowing. And I was anchored up there, too. The wind was blowing so hard. By the time I got the crankbait tied up, I looked up, and the raft had blown about 30 yards upriver. I believe it. And yeah, it, that's how and, it goes. And Paul, you know, he's a little pee, like just going down. Just right a, through there. A little, <laughs> little green a little pee. pee. Little <laughs> green like pee in the adipose. Smaller. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there Here, he goes. Here's, here's me and Ethan's question, and you touch on this a little bit. Okay. How in the world did you text through this row. wind row. dude i don't know man dude i, I kept just, seeing your text come through i was like there's no way i'm taking my hands off these oars guess i'm just good on the sticks boys i don't know but magic man <laughs> now you see me no you don't no honestly like so the three times and like we've said in previous podcasts we're not just sitting there on our phones we text back and forth whenever we know that there's multiple people multiple guys on the same river right what are they eating you got anything blah 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 that kind of stuff just quick text, and usually I talk to my James Bond watch, so I'm not even pulling my phone out anyway. That's what it was. Um, so honestly, and I was sending those texts through my through my phone. I wasn't even trying to because the oh. wind was so loud. I I wouldn't te- I wouldn't send them through my watch. So I'd wait till we got anchored up, make sure everybody was cool, everybody was fishing. Then I pulled my phone out of my waiters real quick, sent a text. I said, "What do you guys got them on?" I said I caught one on swim bait, and then like an hour goes by, and I'm like, Nothing. and I go, "Hello," just to the group text. <laughs> group chat nothing and then like another hour and a half goes by and i just say i am alone in this world (laughs) and then finally but i sent those texts so text number one came while i was anchored up and the only reason i stayed in that spot is because i took the raft and literally just wedged on a rock right that was the only solace i had in the wind wedged up on a rock threw the anchor down Got it tight and just sat there. So that was like the only day I was really like totally still. Or the only time I was like really still like all day. Wedged up on a rock and I don't know. Oh, Big big Blue is just a heavy raft. Maybe I was just sticking on them better for some reason or something. I don't know. But I stuck him well, up on the raft. Well, wasn't on purpose. Like, when I got wedged on a rock, it's because the wind blew me up on a rock. <laughs> but, yeah, I was, and I just sat there. I was like, okay, this will work. This yeah, is fine. I was, I was going anywhere now. Wedging, wedging the raft up on the rock. That was text number one. Text number two is because we had to hit the bank real quick, restroom break. Text number three came at lunch. And then after that, there was like, my hands were on the sticks the whole time. And it was just one of those days you take your hands off the sticks and you're just going to mess your hole up. And I had a day like this. Last day I had like this where it's just bad wind. And I've been very fortunate not to have. And these big headwinds like this, they always come in spring and in fall, right? You never get them in the summertime unless you've maybe got like a big storm coming in and usually the wind doesn't even last that long. It's just a big yeah. gust, just a whoosh, and then it's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on the French, in the, like in the spring and the fall when the pressure's changing and crazy stuff's happening, you will get a wind all day long. And it doesn't stop and it keeps blowing and it's just not, that's just gonna ha- how it's going to be. But, um, well, re- and then on the Noli Chucky too, and I had a trip like this on the Noli where um, – this past spring and a gentleman and his son came out with me he's a scout leader and kid of course was a boy scout and um 
where they're on the Nolichucky and same scenario where you said you, you never take, oh, I think I'm hung for, for granted. Like you always hesitate. So it was super windy day on the Nolichucky. Just again, another one of those crazy headwind days. You're out there on the rivers blowing, 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 blowing. And, um, if, by the way, we've said headwind, headwind like 50 times today, a headwind is what we would describe as the wind blowing really heavily in the opposite direction of which the river is flowing. So if you're flowing, if you're rowing down the river in a raft or a boat, um, the head or the bow of your boat is facing down river, the wind's blowing up river and we call that a headwind, right? So I was on, I was in a really bad headwind on the Nolichucky and, um, same scenario, fishing in Edrig, and kids like I'm hung, and I was in the back. Uh, he was on the front of the boat. I was in the raft, and uh, Dad was in the back of the boat, and I was helping his dad like change out a bait or something. Had his bait, and I looked up, and the kid goes, oh, "I'm hung," and I was like, "Yeah, hang on just a second. You know, let me get your dad tied on right here real quick." And I get the bait tied on in the back seat for his dad, and I look up, and the line is just in front of the boat, and his rod tip still doubled over, and I was like, "Hey, buddy." <laughs> reel into that for me real quick and when he did it was like a three pounder just whoa, rolled up on the surface and i was like how's this thing still hooked holy crap and i was like all right like dig it dig it like fight him and he brought that one in um and it was so funny because i'd tied something on just completely different for his dad and as soon That's as we caught that fish works. on an ed rig yeah. i was like all right let me see that clip and then tied tied him an ed rig back on <laughs> but um yeah dude it was the same story and the thing about the nolichucky and if anybody listening has been out on it with us before you you probably remember it being a very just it's like a pocket and hole oriented river and there's a lot of places in the french that are like that too um but you know a lot of the french is kind of usually just big wide river you know long shoals big sandbars long lakey stretches um just just generally kind of big water not really super defined pockets and runs and stuff like that they're like basically what i'm trying to say is the nolichucky's got a lot of variation in it, right and so every hole that I would pull up to on the Nolichucky, um, it was just one of those those days where the only thing they're going to be eating is bottom baits, you know, Ned rigs, flipping stuff, whatever, jigs. And, um, of course, with fishing those comes getting hung, right? And fishing them in the wind comes with getting – also comes with getting hung. And, you know, every time one, one of them would get unhung, I'd get off the oars for – two, three seconds, and the wind was just blowing so hard that I'd go to get him unhung, it'd blow the raft right into the hole. I mean, take mm. the anchor off the floor of the river and everything and just whoosh right into a hole. Yep. And we caught like three that day because every hole we'd pull up into, you know, they get hung, which is fine. Happens. Everybody gets hung. That's how you fish. You know, they get hung, and um, I'd stand up to help them get their bait unhung. And, I mean, literally – just a few seconds of me being off the sticks, just whoosh right through the hole, spook all the fish out. Well, on to the next one. And it was like that all day. And at the end of the day, the guy there, the dad told me, he was like, I said, guys like, yeah, it's been a tough day today in this wind and everything. And the dad told me, he's like, they've been there. Like we've gotten bites and we've caught a few fish. He said, but you, he told me, he said, you can't help that win. He said that he said, today is not on you. <laughs> he said the, hey, because I mean, it's very, it was very blatant to see that every time I get off the oars, I couldn't control the boat, couldn't control the angle of the boat. It would just whoosh, right through the hole. Yeah. There's such a, there's a lot of things that you can't control when you're out there sometimes. You do yeah. the best you can, but, um, it's, it's tricky when you got stuff mm -hmm. like that. And 
Yeah, especially on a day like today where the water's so low, like we were talking about, you couldn't stay, you couldn't stay off them, right? But mm-hmm. if you also got too close and you weren't paying attention for two seconds, then you'd be blown right over top of those fish. Yeah. Yeah. Casting accuracy was horrible. I mean, yeah, yeah and that's just to, no one's fault. It. It's just that's no. how it is. I mean, there's no, no way you can throw a even something like I was using a quarter ounce bait at one point and still watching it sail off, which quarter ounce with the river is pretty heavy. Yeah. Like, especially yeah. right now with it being low. But I was yeah. still watching that thing. And, like, on my muskie trip yesterday, too, we were throwing crankbaits that were, like, it was pretty windy yesterday as well. No, that's what I had on that, too, was and, quarter ounce. you know, some of the crankbaits and, and bucktails we were throwing were anywhere from, like, one ounce to three or four ounces. And I was watching those things just sail in the wind 20, 30 yards upstream from where they should have landed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sometimes those things happen, and you just gotta kind of work around it. But yeah, um, well, that's what I had on that tube. I lied earlier. Is actually a quarter ounce. Was it really? Yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy for right now. I was fishing pretty, and that was the only thing that we could throw with any kind of accuracy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. was just being able to punch that jig, jig head through the wind and just. But, I mean, you know, throwing a balsa crankbait. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Yeah. And I, I mean, I had what, the thought of tying on a lighter one, like a smaller one today. And as soon as I saw that wind pick dude, up, I was like, no, there's no way. Me and you were out there the other day with those shad wraps, those ultralight shad wraps catching those fish. They're, I fished one of those today for probably about 30 minutes. And then the wind kicked up. And then I was like, nope, that ain't going to happen. So there ain't no way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You got anything else to have about today? Paul, other than. It was a grinder. It was. It was a grinder. And all I was able to catch were uh, that one swim bait and crank baits. Yeah. I had half a mind to throw a spinner bait, but then I switched to a chatter bait that looked very similar with a silver blade and a little chartreuse, um, white and That's the only thing I didn't try today. Skirt. Chatter bait. Hell. Yeah. Didn't catch a thing on it. (laughs) So, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) But, But Ethan did catch some on a... Uh, crawfish color chatterbait homemade mm. chatterbait oh yeah ethan ethan's homemade chatterbaits yes uh, ease seas yeah i'll tell you what man <laughs> ethan's chatterbaits last fall save save my butt on a few trips because they wouldn't eat z-man they wouldn't eat chatterbait they wouldn't eat nothing except for ethan's homemade chatterbaits ease seas ease seas that's right yep they ain't fishing that you're just wasting your time <laughs> they are good looking chatterbaits. They're awesome, man. He does a really good job. The and thing you, is, is like Ethan Taylor's under it for smallmouth. Yes, they're they're a little right. bit smaller than your like your like your standard one. Like That's what I love about. Like them. I got a smaller yeah. hook on them, and yeah. um, they're when I what was funny was when I first made them, I tried them out. I remember I was fishing with my buddy Matt on Lake James, and I threw one around for a little bit, and I was like, man, this thing looks like crap. It doesn't swim right kind of just wobbles all over the place, doesn't track well. And so I just kind of threw them, like, back in my box and kind of forgot about them for a while. And then I think I was out on a trip about a year or so later, and I found one in my box, and I was like, let's just try it again and just see what happens. And boom, like a two-pounder first cast. And I was like, oh, maybe they do work. It's so something about how they move them. in a river, too. They're better they in a river than they are yeah, in a lake. They move um, a little in bit In still water, they don't do very well, but yeah. in current, they do very well for some reason. I don't know why. It's just it's like um, the opposite of a flat side crankbait. Yes. Tailored for river smallmouth. 
Yes. That's, yep. Yeah, that's the thing I like about your chatterbaits, too, is they've got smaller hooks on them. All your chatterbaits nowadays are coming yeah, with a five-odd hook on. Yeah. And it's the, like, the trailer has to be right on, too. Like, you can't... That's true. Yep. You can't put yeah. a super aggressive trailer on them because it messes up the action. I just did, like... I'd usually just do, like, a grub. Yeah. A, yeah, a little small grub. Orange it's grub. I use yeah. that or, like, a crawl, like, just a... Um, what brand did you have on that I looked at when we were riding in your truck? So, I had on a... Um, I was like a Yamamoto, wasn't it? No, it was a Strike King... Uh, uh, rage... Um, those little rage grub things. Yeah. The twin tail rage grub. Yeah. Because um, it's got a very subtle kick to it it doesn't mess up the action yeah i had yeah. that and then i had a pit boss mm, on yeah. the other one yeah you don't want a big crazy trailer on those no but when i was fishing yours last fall i just put like some kind of brown orange you know crawfish kind of colored grub on mm-hmm. and you know just leave full tail on everything and that was enough it, that it looked really good with that that tail on it that yeah tail it'll it. um it'll fish okay with stuff like that but yeah i've tried like other trailers that are a little bit more aggressive per se in their action and they they don't really fish that well a little pro tip for you though um when you are fishing a chatterbait this is something that i learned a while back uh, and feel free to disagree with me on here paul because since you're the bass auto. okay so <laughs> sorry zoned out there for a second but i'm listening so no. one thing i've learned with a chatterbait is like with a paddle tail swim bait, which is a really popular trailer for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I find if you flip him upside down mm-hmm. to where the paddle tail is upside down, like traditionally speaking, right? Yeah. Then they actually fish better. They yeah. have a better action to them. Yeah, I agree with that because I cannot stand using a paddle tail on a, on a chatterbait. I'll chop them off too. Like I've chopped off yeah. paddle tails before. See, yeah. I'm um, just the opposite. I'm all about a, what do I throw them on? Just any sort of crawl, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um I think a crawfish trailer is the best for them. Crawfish trailer is definitely the best. Um, Senko, yeah, cut off Senko. Yes. If it the chopper, I'm a little bit boat. different because I've I've left paddle tails on rages before and caught fish and really like the way that they're people ran. love them. They're just yeah. like the most popular thing to do. I'll I like it. Some I do. It looks so good. And I catch more with them not having a basket. Yeah. The the fluke style tra- uh, trailer that Z Man makes mm. is money. Yes. For like yeah, because it's an just awesome. got to swim. And I think yep. I just think it's more of a profile one. than anything else. That's just me. It is. It, it is. Cool. It's just a profile. You just need a profile. Yeah. Just like a buzz bait. Well, you that's what because I was watching no, a wired to toad or fluke on it. Right. I was watching a wired to fish video and. They were talking about chatterbaits, and they said the same thing. It's all about the profile. Mm-hmm. And they were showing just a chatterbait on a paddle tail rage swimmer. And they were like, the key, what you want to look at when you get that, like when you tie that chatterbait on, like run it through the water, see what it looks like a few times. And you want that blade in sync with that tail. And when you throw off that profile and everything's just kind of, you know, moving together in one unit, that's what gives you your best profile with them. And, take that for granted that's some detailed stuff it's like super detailed but that they said and it's been a while since i watched it but they said specifically like if you tie a paddle tail onto a chatterbait you want that tail moving at the same speed as the blade because it doesn't make sense to the fish if that blade is moving faster or slower than the tail moving behind it then it just throws them off like stuff isn't moving at the same speed but they said if you get it ever looking at that 
Right. I know, but you like know you don't mean? think so, but I don't know. It's just I'm one of those. I'm never really going to use a chatterbait. The only reason I'm going to use a chatterbait is for a reaction bite. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's more of a. I mean, if there is that much of a nuance to, it, I think it's something to do with the sound of it more than anything else. True. The frequency of vibration. Maybe that's the what water. they. Maybe that's what they said. Um, I can't remember, but I know. I, I remember vividly. They said when you're throwing it on a paddle tail, you want that thing just in sync. Because they, I like, like the idea. Like yeah, each I do. brand has like a different sound to it like so the you have like the z-man original chatterbait and then you have the, like their jackhammer model they have mm. like the striking ones that they make now the slobber knocker yeah and Which there's i really want to try those out i haven't tried them yet i haven't tried them yet either heard they're awesome but yeah. you know when you listen to them like because i've watched a couple underwater videos of like comparing the sounds of them yeah they all have completely different sounds to them yeah and it's kind of like the I listen to that too um like with topwater baits totally another topic but um like the whopper plopper which is like everyone fishes a whopper plopper now right mm -hmm. but larry Dahlberg, i was reading something about it. i might be misquoting us a little bit but the the sound and frequency the whopper plopper throws off is totally different to that of like a buzz bait or um anything along those lines right yeah. um the and this is getting really deep into it but like the way that sound and frequency um travels through the water is completely different than how it does in the air and i'm sure fish probably respond to that to a certain degree i think it matters more in a lake than it does in a river though because in a river you've got moving water with current and i think that does throw off that a little bit mm -hmm. um so but you know. wouldn't think that it would throw it off as much in running waters what a lake though you know what i mean that subtle difference between or the subtle the subtle difference you get between your your paddle tail being in sync with your blade not being in sync with your blade like does it really make that much of a difference in a river yeah, it's you know like my buddy it's right? not, yeah. i wouldn't even in the lake like it's even just in the lake nonsense, yeah that's really crazy. well it's like my buddy grayson barber um who was on the bass team with the manatee state told me back in the day he said, eventually, if you throw something long enough, something will eat it. And that's <laughs> why true. Why do you think I throw a crankbait all the time? Those exactly. are words that I Exactly. That's why I throw a crankbait right. all the time. We like, all do. Yeah. Like, it's funny because Mitch was uh, mentioning that I was out there with him throwing that crankbait, <laughs> which is like the worst possible time to throw a crankbait. Something bait. did eat but it, but and then that something very, was a massive sucker well, fish. No, but at the tail end, you remember that fish at <laughs> the tail end? Right there at the ramp? The tail end. I bro. called it. I was like, going to be one right there. Oh, no, you're right. Cast yeah. that crankbait out right there, there about a half pound smallmouth eats and i was like mm -hmm. yep told you yeah. right there he's and gonna he eat it, it. <laughs> i'm catching them on too and this is classic ethan classic ethan i'm catching them on a lost creek yellow tube black flake all day fish 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 just committed to the tube all day caught fish missed some awesome ethan tube for like five minutes crankbait rest of the day <laughs> fish with Paul too much, and I'm He's still me. and yeah. I'm still just fishing. I'm still just fishing tube. Oh, there's fish. Oh, there's a fish. Ethan's like crankbait, 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 swimbait, swimbait, swimbait. Well, it's like throwing like a dry fly on a nymph. Like when I go trout yeah. fish anymore, like I know I can catch them like on a nymph rig or like on a dry dropper. Yeah, but I like I I, I know they're I hey, might not catch not, them. You're not gonna learn something from catching all the time, right? That's you're very true, dude. Honestly, and like not catching something, right? And me, I get. Like, I wouldn't say fishing's ever boring for me, but you know what I mean? Like, you get used to watching dry droppers all the time. Like, you you know that you're going to catch something on a dry dropper. And what I did on the creek the other day, kind of changing, turning the bow here, so to speak, from bass fishing to fly fishing for trout a little bit, I was um, on 
one of my favorite streams in the whole wide world. Which shall not be named. Which shall not be named. And uh, <laughs> brook, that one. It was a rainbow trout, brown trout, and brook trout stream. So caught a grand slam up there. I love going up there. One of my favorite streams. And um, I got to this hole that uh, me when I was a kid, and mom's going to love this. She's going to love this. Watch. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, we called it the Biggie Hole because we used to have a dog named Big Dog. We called him Biggie, and we used to take him to that hole to go swimming in the creek. So we've <laughs> nice. always called it the Biggie Hole. And so I was at the Biggie Hole, and uh, I, you know, I always like I might do like a double nymph rig if I'm feeling weird, or I'll fit, I usually just fish a dry dropper, catch like one or two right there, and then just kind of call it quits. But I had a little streamer in my in my fly pack, and it was actually one of the ones that you tie. You know those little. Uh, like the little green ones you tie them, jig hooks, mm-hmm. copper tungsten bead head, usually throw them for stalkers. You've tied so many flies, you probably don't even remember, Ethan. No, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, it's just one of the, it's that just a little, lost to me. <laughs> it's just a little, little jig head streamer, probably on what, uh, what size hook you'd say? Maybe like a size like four? Is that getting a little too aggressive? Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. It's like yeah. a size 10 jig hook. Like oh, is that a, a size 10 yeah, jig hook? Small. Okay. It's really yeah. small. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really. Well, the, well, the one, the jig hooks that you usually tie them on are pretty small. This one was big for whatever reason. But anyway, Fair enough. I was, it was a little big for brook trout, but I was like, well, you know, they'll, they'll probably still wrap their mouths around this. We're going to find out. And I actually stood on the side of the biggie hole and cut my dry dropper off and just started straight up fishing a streamer in that hole. Because think about brook trout, my grandpa loved to do this too, is he'd tie Mickey fins, and he'd send me Mickey fins in the mail all the time saying, fishing for brook trout, fishing for brook trout, fishing for brook trout. And there's something about that little predatory instinct that those things have. They see that bait fish jigging through the water. Mm-hmm. They see that, you know, that little just something in distress. They come out into it, and they will charge it. And I probably had – I was sitting there fishing that streamer, and of course, f- shooting or fishing with streamers sometimes is a crapshoot because fish can eat them so weird. You never get a good hookup, hardly. I wouldn't say never, but you don't always get a good hookup on a streamer. You know what I mean? Because the fish doesn't always eat it true. He can come out and eat it like 110 different ways. He'll either follow it, nip it, he'll come up from the side and swipe it. I probably had like four or five brook trout, like eight, nine or so inches come out of the bottom of that hole and I'd watch him just come out and swipe that sort of streamer roll on it. And this is one hole that's probably no bigger than, well, the hole itself is pretty wide, but half of it's been covered up with just leaves and, and junk a little bit from, I think still left over from this past fall, Fred, whatever leaves are starting to fall now, whatever. But the, the area where I was actually fishing at was probably only maybe about 10 feet wide in this Creek. And I'm standing like way off to the right of it, just, strip 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 and i wasn't even jigging a streamer like you usually do in a creek i'm like straight up just stripping it just and the hole's big enough it's wide enough to where you can get a good clean strip like all the way through so i was just strip 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 and i'd watch one come out of just nowhere from like five feet away and just come and hit it and of course they hit brook trout they hit so fast that by the time you react to it on a streamer they're just they swipe it and they're gone and i had one of them eat it true but he even he he hopped off but i guess i said all that to say this like sometimes i mean you know when we're you know, when we're fishing and kind of going back to the whole crankbait thing, it's like you try something all the time, you know what I mean? And like, you know, it's probably going to work. Right. And then there's sometimes where you just throw stuff to just <laughs> see what happens. You know what I mean? I like to experiment too. Like, yeah, I know I can catch them one way, but, um, I'm always looking for 
something that I wouldn't say that's that's maybe easier, but I like having like tricks in my back pocket. Yeah. Right. Especially when I'm guiding. So I'm like, you know, for example, let's say that I go out there and they're not eating what I want them to eat or what I mm-hmm. think they should be eating. Like, okay, what's well, a good backup plan? So if I go out there and historically thinking, you know, my memory bank, I'm like, okay, well, I went out here on this day and then caught them this way and conditions are similar, then yeah. we can try this and see what happens. Yeah. Um, that's, and that's another big part of it too. Yeah. Honestly, it's just experimenting and just kind of see, yeah. just having these little tricks in your back pocket that will mm-hmm. sometimes make or break your yeah. day. Um, and any, anybody that knows me knows that I hate streamers, dude. I hate streamers too. <laughs> I've said to it before totally when I'm really fly fish, when them. I'm fly fishing, I hate streamers. Now when that, that comes with certain context, because when I go out and I float the Watauga with my buddy Sean, like if it's high water, I'm just throwing streamers. And the thing about with me and trout, and this is just the personal thing, if I'm fishing for trout, I'm fly fishing. And I've said this before on this podcast, and Ethan and Paul are like, oh my gosh, wow. But <laughs> that's just me. If I'm fishing for trout, I'm fly fishing for them. I'm now, with unless, you. I'm with you. With unless that. you get on a you know, good sense. bite, like jerk baits on a lake, like you did in Watauga that day that, yeah, I'm all about it. You yeah, know what I mean? But for sure. yeah, I'm not going to be that guy. That's like, Oh, you know, some guy in the front of the boat's catching all these trout on a jerk bait. And I'm back there with a fly rod. Just do, you know, but, uh, yeah, but generally speaking, if I'm fishing for trout, I'm, I'm fly fishing, but going back to streamers, like fishing streamers on a brook trout stream is something I never do like yeah. ever. And like all summer long, I've been thinking about it. Like I need a jig streamers. I need to try that out. I need to try that out. And then finally yesterday I was like, you know what? This is going to be like the last time I can go up to this Creek for the year before these fish start spawning. Mm-hmm. Like now's my chance. I'm going to just try it. It was last hole on the last time I was going to go up on that Creek for the whole year. And I was like, all right, streamer time. And then boop, 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 boop. And I got a lot of fish to eat that way. And well, it was pretty fun. I just so. don't like fishing streamers. Cause I think they're <laughs> inefficient to be honest with you. Like at that point, it depends. Well, yeah. On another tangent while we're on the subject, it's like, <laughs> don't go on that tangent. <laughs> oh, I'll touch it. I'll touch it. Um, we'll save no, this for kidding. another topic for the sake of time, but that's yeah, a big tangent. The, the lines between going. fly fishing and spin fishing anywhere are getting so blurred at this point. Like, yeah. What does it matter? Right. Yeah. Like for example, I'm, I'm going to say it. Squirming worm. Like, that's Is a trout that, magnet. That's a trout magnet. That's a trout magnet. You might and as well let me just be tell fishing you with a trout else. magnet. Let me tell you something else, okay? A chartreuse <laughs> mop fly is a trout magnet. A pink what? mop fly is a trout magnet. You know what I'm about to say? We saw on the French two days in a row. Yes. Yes. Using a... Trick worm, right? No. no. A U-tail a zoom U-tail worm. A U-tail zoom worm. A oh. chartreuse, you tell Zoom. Bright worm. chartreuse. Like, I mean. I wasn't there for that. Yeah, it was like a, yeah. Like yeah. A neon chartreuse. Mm-hmm. Not on a fly rod. A point. And it's so funny because I was watching this <laughs> this video on Instagram the other day. And this guy, he's a famous fly tire. And I'm not talking to his detriment or whatever. But he was like, this fly has been banned in every competition in the world because it works so good. And the guy literally just tied a white mop fly. <laughs> On a, t- like, a tungsten, well, matte black tungsten <laughs> oh bead head. He tied in a little bit of like flashy, like ice dubbing with it for, you know, a dubbing collar. And then it was just a mop fly. And he's like, this fly What's is so number? good. It has been, <laughs> he's like, this fly is so good. Well, man, it has been banned from handle? all the competitions. And and I'm like, I was like, oh, this is like, is this going to be like a Pertagon or like, you know, pheasant tail? Like, surely not. And then, of course, it was just a mop fly. I was like, wow. And I'll tell you why it works so good in competitions. 
And that's because most of the places you fish in a competition are stocked. At how, least in the east, yeah. Yeah, at like least a lot in of the competitions and we're just fishing yeah, stock or water. And I've been like, control. I've been a controller for a lot of competitions with a lot of high level anglers, and let me tell you one thing: it's usually stocked like at least a week in advance. Yep. You know, it, unless it's privately stocked, and I've fished. I've been a controller for two different organizations or a judge, if you don't know the lingo for fly fishing competitions. And all those rivers they put all those guys on, they're all stocked. And they eat a mop fly so good because they're bright, they're shiny, and stalkers love dumb flies. Yes. And that's why they work so good. And another another note on that, too, while we're on the subject. So one thing I've noticed is that, you know, we are talking about jigging streamers earlier. Well, that's getting pretty popular now because because Euro nymphing's gotten really popular. Yes. And one technique you can do with contact nymphing is jigging a streamer. And mm-hmm. one thing I've seen, which blew my mind when I first saw this, is that, you know, fly tying qu- companies, quote unquote, are selling like eighth ounce jig heads. Yeah. For, yeah. Con- oh, for yeah. to tie streamers on. Me that. For, for Euro nymphing. And they're like twice the price nymphing. of like what you would just order on like Tackle Warehouse. It's literally just an eighth right? ounce jig head. And it's just an eighth ounce jig yeah. head. Leadhead, leadhead yeah. ball jig head. And it's like, it's like, at, at what point a, why we, would you want to throw that on a fly rod in the first place? That sounds awful. <laughs> well, like, like, I mean, it's either that or you tie so much weight plop. on the streamer that it's just going to do that anyway. But like, yeah. at that point, it's like, just use a spinning rod. Like, and just make gonna, life easy. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm not, with that being said, like, I'm not someone who goes out there with like three sets of treble hooks and like yanks the daylights out of fish on a spinning no. rod. That's not what I do. I use no. single hooks for trout always. Yeah, always. But even on our spin fishing trips on the tuck, always, always single use single hooks. hooks. Yeah. But always change them out. With that being said, like, what's the difference between using like a like a small like number four or six single hook on a Rapala, and then you see some of these streamer patterns where they're like four or five odd hooks, yeah. And with the amount of force you have to set the hook into with a strip set, I mean, mm-hmm. you're ripping that trout's face off when you do it. Yeah. It's like, well, at, at what point do we say, okay, like, well, for the sake of the fish, like, what is well, better? Well, the thing is too is like, and you know, if a a, a fish will always eat. You'll you'll always get a cleaner hookup on a spin on a spin rod if you're fishing some something that's supposed to move. If you got right? the right rod, it's really whippy, like yeah, a, like an ultralight or medium light, and it's got a nice bend in it, and you mm-hmm. just reel set into them real gentle, like those, yeah, like we spin fish enough. For you don't even where, really have to set into them. No, you just lean back into. You it. just lean back into them. Like a lot of times they just bait, eat them. They it. just and you know trout spinning baits for trout are so small that they're just going to eat them anyway. And yeah, I mean, you don't even need to lean back in yeah, the trout. No, no. I mean, they just they swipe it, they're turning back into the current anyway, yeah. and most times you got them. So, they're always you know. rolling on it. If they're eating something that's moving, they always roll. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, even with me putting myself through the crap I put myself through on the Watauga fishing streamers, like, it, you know, yeah, I'm not getting super great hookups doing that. It's just the way that I choose to fish. And I think that's what a lot of it is, too. Yeah. So I mean, there's, no, there's fish, nothing wrong you know? with, like, No, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, just, there's just other easier ways to do it. it. Now, and the thing is, is, oh, wow, we're getting, like, way over top. Like, <laughs> way beyond. <laughs> way beyond. But the thing is, is a lot of it now is that you know and there's nothing wrong with it but fly fishing has has blown up so so much in recent times and it's awesome i love it and i love seeing people get into the sport but people think it's like the end all be all of fishing all the time you know what i mean like if i'm not fly fishing then i'm just not fishing like mm, i don't know cuz i have a lot of good times 
spin fishing for smallmouth. I have better time spin fishing for smallmouth than I ever have ever fly fishing yep. for them. Not to say I haven't caught smallies on the fly, and that's a good time too. And if you choose to do that, that's fine. There's some days where I like to get weird, and I like to do that. There's not a lot of weird days like that, but I don't, it's I really like fun topwater fish. fishing for. Them yeah, like it's that. really fun topwater fishing it's great for doing them. That. But you're still not going to get as good of an action as you are on mm-hmm. spin gear. You yeah. know what I mean? So, but I mean. It's, at that point now if we're talking about nymphs and dry flies and stuff like this you know or stuff like that yeah fly fishing 100 percent. when you're needing to make you know 40 foot 60 foot reach cast to feed and trout in the middle of a river you know and you're fishing a dry fly in a, in a crutch you know double dry flies like me and sean did that on the watauga last month ran into a pot of a bunch of fish eating dry flies and we were having to get way off of them, making big old false cast you know you run a rooster tail through there i mean yeah they'll probably still eat it but you know there's just some instances you're not gonna catch it as many yeah well it's like uh, and i put but, it to people this way like you know and i say this to all of our clients too your hardest days uh well e- even on even when trout are the pickiest so like your toughest days trout fishing they're always eating some form of aquatic insect like mm-hmm. period they're not always going to be eating bait fish 90 what what do you say like 90 percent 95 percent diets aquatic insects. is aquatic insects yeah. right it's the easiest meal available to them and that's yeah it's like i just look at them all as tools so like fly mm-hmm. fishing's a tool spin fishing's a tool yeah they're all just tools all just tools all right we need to stop there we need to put a cork on this thing <laughs> hour and 10 minutes in we're all way too tired it's now nine o'clock Woo, boys. 8 53 I know Ethan at least has a trip in the morning. I don't have a trip in the morning. I don't know if Paul does or not. No, nope. Paul's got no trip in the morning. So to build a deck. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Paul's got that going on. So, um, wow, that was really solid free talk, guys. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna put a cork on it right there. I'm not really sure what our next top next top is gonna be. I haven't gotten that far yet. Pull one out of the hat. We'll pull one out of the hat. That's what we really need to do. Unless we have one that we're just like aching to do. Yeah, we just need to idea. do like Let's a do hat that. or there's a little, a bucket, or something little bucket. Yeah, it'd be fun to have a bucket. I was going to do it the nerdy way and say, well, let's put it into a random generator in Google and see what happens. But a bucket or a hat's going to be a lot more fun. <laughs> so, um, tech boy, man. That's tech right. Boy. He's yeah, a tech guy. I've turned into the tech guy now. <laughs> I know how to turn a computer on and off, so now I'm the tech guy. <laughs> That's a lot better than I can do, man. <laughs> good to good admit with all of our iPhone issues. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, my father-in-law's probably aching right now. He's probably, yeah, of course. So, All right, all right guys, we're going to put a cap on it right there see you next time this production is brought to you by southern appalachian anglers guide service in Asheville, north carolina where trusted guides provide exceptional service